when I first heard Stakes is high. I was Stakes is high. You know them stakes is high. We talking about them. Stakes is high. Y'all know them stakes is high. When we dealing with them. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast, having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones, and I got my co-host TC here. What's good, folks? What happened, man? I'm chilling, man. How you living? Good, good, man. How about yourself? Cool, man. How was your weekend? It was good. Cool, man. Mine too. I ain't really do. <laughs> I ain't really do too much. Chill. Yeah, yeah. Man. Kicked it, laid back, feet up. I just took it easy, man. Same as me, man. Yeah, same dog. as me. Um, did a little work. That's about it, man. Yeah, man. Uh, speak, speaking of, yeah, man. Let me go ahead and drop this just this little pub real fast, man. So tell them where they can uh, find us first. Okay. <laughs> Cause I know you, man. You get to tell a long story. <laughs> get to telling the stories. Yeah, man. I know story time get real. I'm bad, man. <laughs> no, you know, go ahead, man. I'm just animated a little bit. It's you know, all I like good, to, man. We we ready I like, for it. I want people to visualize <laughs> with me. But yo, find us at Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all of our past episodes. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email at stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the la- to our last episode. Man, good time. It was a good time. Yeah, good man, time. good time. Got great feedback. Yeah, man. yeah, man. Shout out to the bros for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's always a good time when they roll through, yeah, man. Every yeah. time. All right, man, what you got, man? I already know what it is. I'm kind of excited about this. <laughs> no, nah, man, so, you know, uh, Trade Club Designs, my design business. Been doing uh, freelance design for some years now, man. Heck, I think going on 10. Yeah, 10 years. Damn, has it been? Yeah, since college. Okay. I, I, I just, you know, got serious with it after I graduated college. But, um, yeah, man, uh, just this week, man, I opened up my apparel shop, man. You know, I do a lot of designs. I do a lot of custom uh, shirt designs for people, man. It's just like single shirts. You know, somebody wants something, and I'll do a single shirt. I've done shirts for myself. Um, just ideas I've come up with that I just wanted to put on the shirt and, you know, get made. And um, usually it's a one-of-one type deal, but people will see it, and they're mm-hmm. interested. Like, yo, I want that shirt too. Right. Uh, so, yeah, man, I found a way to do that. Uh, I opened up a shop, an online shop, uh, com, and you can go there. I got a number of designs. I probably got like eight or nine designs up right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. Just scroll through it, man. Check it out. You know, T-shirts, uh, hoodies, crew necks, all that, man. Um, yeah, I, I would love the support, man. Just go check me out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah I'm going to have man. one on, man. I'm getting one uh, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. A couple. They, there's some dope designs on yeah. there. Man. I like the uh, the Martin joint. Yeah, well. that's, yeah. What, that's what uh, a lot of people have been liking yeah, man, so far. So. The, the, the Martin joint uh, has been uh, the most popular so far. Yeah, so, so I'm hype about it. I did one. Um, it's kind of paying homage to Insecure. I don't know if you saw that secure, one. Yeah, but it said Secure, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, instead sure. of Insecure. So uh, that one was, is, is doing doing yeah, decent yeah. too, man. Okay. But, yeah, just dropped it this week. And, uh, yeah, man, everybody that's already made a purchase, I really appreciate it. Again, I'm just, you know, sharing my thoughts and uh, putting them on shirts. And hopefully somebody will like it and, 
and agree with the uh, layout of it and yeah, man. want one for themselves. Yeah, and we do have some stakes aside. I mean, TC and I are both working on some uh, getting some sweatshirts ready for the mm-hmm. uh, winter time for the stakes aside sweatshirts. So yes, we'll sir. talk about that when it comes. But hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll have, you know, of course, those and the T-shirts. So, yeah, yeah, man, y'all, y'all look at my brother, man. We call him uh, Pixel Bender. Bender man. He, can, <laughs> he can literally take somebody out of a picture. and Crazy. And <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yeah so, man. yeah, check it out, man. Some dope content on there. I, I, I'm getting me some for sure. So. I appreciate that, man. Definitely. Yeah, man. Um, for sure. Uh, like I said, man. Shout out to the bros. We got homecoming. We're gonna document that. So oh. we'll, we'll be, we'll be. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. If if it rains, it's gonna be. I don't know. It's all right, man. We still gonna have a good time. Yeah, we gonna have a good time. So, but anyway, um, on on to this week's episode. Uh, we have a guest on this week. Uh, man, this brother is uh, someone that I've gotten to know over the last uh, couple years. Uh, man, you know, he uh real good brother, man. We relate into a lot of things, you know, working out and just kind of we have like these very um, sports to politics. We talk <laughs> about a little bit of everything. So, you know, man, and we, you know, we agree most of the time. It's been a couple of times we disagree, but most of the time we agree and it's been good conversation that I have. And uh, we were having a conversation probably um, maybe like a week ago. And I was like, yo, man, you got to come talk about this on the on the show. And, uh, you know, he's listened. We talked about getting him on before. And um, but, you know, this was I thought this was an opportunity to content that we were discussing. I was like, yo, I think this would be good. And this is like a serious conversation that we need to have in the black culture that we I think we're afraid to have. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I haven't had any we haven't had anyone on this even in previous uh, past episodes or I don't think we've discussed this yeah, before. You know what I'm saying? It so, yeah. So um, but anyway, man, without further ado, man, this brother has a lot going on outside of our conversation we're going to have and we're going to promote that. But um, I got my brother on. Jeff, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, people? What's happening, bro? Yo, all good. What's up? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast. Yeah, I'm very yeah. honored. Thank you for coming through, man. Yeah, Appreciate man. it. Very honored. Yeah, yeah, man. We talk. I talk about it a lot on the, at the <laughs> at the gig. <laughs> so what's up, man? Got to promote. Yeah, 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 yeah man. So um, uh, I've been waiting on him to get a T-shirt. We've been talking about oh, yeah. it. So we gonna I'll get one. Okay. All right. Cool, man. Um. But we're going to keep with our same format, and then we're going to go into uh, talking to Jeff. And, uh, hey, man, this is an adult podcast. You can say what you want, how you want it, man. And, um, you know what I mean? We, we'll have a good time here, All man. right. So, good to go. Yes, sir. So we are going to get to our idiot of the week. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. All right. Cool. So, TC. Yo. Man, <laughs> this one is very uh these your, your folk. <laughs> <laughs> this one here home, man. Yeah. Uh we've we've been it's crazy. We've just kind of been bouncing back and forth on uh what the idiot Let's should idiot. be. Right. You know, we could have talked about your boy Pence. We could have been talking about you know, there's a few things, uh Jerry Jones and you know, but we found one uh that I think that a lot of people may not know about. So That's, yeah, I think it is a Yeah, it's kinda man. cool. Yeah. So all right, go ahead, man. Let's so go. yo. In Detroit, right? <laughs> so Motown. De- <laughs> right, right, right. So in Detroit, uh, apparently at the fire station, these are firefighters. Yeah. Uh, a white firefighter has been fired from the station for bringing a watermelon to a predominantly black station. Wrapped in a pink bow. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped in a pink bow. So um, this guy's... Um, 
he said he didn't think it was offensive. It was a joke, kind of a, you know, a welcome gift. You know, some guys bring donuts, da-da-da-da. He decided he wanted to bring a watermelon because, obviously, there's black firefighters there. So, of course, they must love watermelon, right? Well, he has been fired, man. Uh, 41-year-old Robert Patterson. Patterson, sorry. Uh, he's got letting loose, man. They they cut him, man. They yeah. had to let him go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea why he would think <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, or man. a good, or even a good idea. Or I don't know, man. Man, you know what's crazy? So you know, I can re- I can't relate to the the watermelon part, but I can relate to that. There's a lot of jokes that go on in the firehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jeff, you in the military, oh, yeah. you understand. A lot of the jokes that mm-hmm. that goes on amongst each other. So, I mean, we've you know when I first came on a job as a uh, as a rookie firefighter, I remember you know you're kind of the person you're called a boot in yeah. in the fire department, and I, maybe and they got that's a military thing, term. Yeah, so, um, but man, yeah, you 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 know they play jokes on you all the time, man. They put you know I've seen guys get you know um, baby powder put in their sheets, so when it's when they go to bed, mm-hmm. they go to sleep, they get up. <laughs> and they don't know <laughs> you know what I'm saying I've seen just these fun things it's kind of bringing the bringing everybody together and laugh you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying but this dude man I, I don't I don't see how in the world that he could have possibly thought that this was okay I don't know. the station um it stated that the station is 90 percent black <laughs> so <laughs> I mean just to walk and and, and this you know just when you were on duty, I mean, like you said, you, you pretty much lived there when you're on duty. So yes. I think guys bring in, you know, breakfast, yeah, donuts, yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, and this guy was a rookie, right? I think that's what it said. He wasn't he a was he a rookie? Uh, I think it said he was a rookie. I don't think I saw that. And that was the first time he had been to that station, so it wow. was kind of like, yeah, I thought that's what it said. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man. I don't, yeah, man. It, it, it was a bad. It was in bad taste. I don't know how you can call it a joke. Uh, <laughs> it's not a joke, man. Um, you you know, folks need to be sensitive to, uh, you know, what, what we go through. Well, every yeah. every to everybody to I, each other. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, we just not try to not be so insensitive to, you know, other races. And, Let me ask you guys a question. Stereotypes. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you guys a question. Why do you think that? Like, do you think that this racist agenda or these racist guys are coming forth more? And do you guys think that? Do you see like open people are being open to racism more? Yes. Or, or coming out? Yeah, I think they're I being more apparent now. Yeah. Why y'all think that? <laughs> you know. How <laughs> <laughs> do you want to spin it towards him? <laughs> I already know why, man. But um, yeah, I just feel like there has uh, in 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 leadership you have seen. Uh, an acceptance of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's making people that have kind of hidden those feelings over time or over they the feel years, open about it. they feel relieved, you know, to, or they feel like they're empowered to, you know, let a little bit of that out now because others are. Yeah. People in power are, you yeah. know, and they're making it okay. They're making excuses for that. They're okaying yeah. that kind of behavior right, right, and right. that kind of mentality. So they're like, all right, well, Looks so, like it's all right for me. Yeah, to go it's ahead. becoming a full head now, and then also it was starting happening also when uh, President Obama was in. You know. Mm. Oh yeah. You know, and but now it seems like it's it, a lot of people feel back is back to the old school, back to the old. Yeah, school. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think I think uh, I think Obama 
like raised it in inside, so it was bubbling. Mm. And it was bubbling inside of mm-hmm. and, it and just, then when and Trump, Trump came, came, it was like, let it go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let it fly now. And they let yeah, it you're out. right. And it all flew out, man. You're right, so man. that's what it's been. It's been yeah, letting it go. It was just it was it was random. I was, I was just scrolling through Facebook, man. Um, it's a few days ago, but and I couldn't even tell you where it was. It looked like it was probably out in California, man, but. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't know where they're at, but it was a it was a black guy like in a parking lot, and he was just getting jumped by like in the middle of the day by three white dudes, just racist. Mm. Well, that was they in, felt like it. Remember in Charlottesville? Yep, Charlottesville. Yeah, when they was jumping the brother, they was just like in the it was like in a parking lot, and they uh, had like yep. the man. They was just they was kicking the dude Bashed out. His head, bom, yeah, bom. His head in and everything. Yeah, and I think yeah, they man. I just read somewhere, and I think they said uh, else that else they're going to get prosecuted. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good for that. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I don't. I remember, man, like maybe a few years ago, man, I thought there was an opportunity for things to get better and we were going to stop seeing because I thought like the the guys who were the racist guys, like they were kind of like the older, like the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, these new kids, and they don't really see, you know, but it's almost like, man, they just kind of resurfaced it and just kind of put it in these people, you know, put it in everyone's head. Like, yeah. You know, this is why, you know, you should be this way. Pick a team. Gen- yep. Generation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Older generation. Takes Pass it on. Gen- mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's generation. all it's about, passing on. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it'll water down over time. I don't think it, it'll disappear. In, it ain't going to water our, down in four in years. Life, not in our life. I'm talking about in our lifetime. I don't think it no. will. Mm-hmm. Probably like so. in our children. Like when yeah. they're like adults, it'll probably be. Some of those baby women's got to die off. Yeah. And, and, and their kids too. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the only way it would ever die off or even come to a head is that something to them would have to have happen to them for them to realize that there is racism. Mm, I, yeah. I can feel that. You know, I mean, you some, see that. Would ha- else would have to come along and actually do something terrible to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So they could, people, they, you feel like they won't understand until they know exactly yeah, what how it feels it like. So I mean, they feel and, that and, pain. And they, and, feel, I mean, they put it in our, you know, in yeah, our shoes. Yeah, and there, I mean, and a lot of times... Even the ones that are not racist don't really see the full scale of what's going on. Some people are oblivious. You know, oh, absolutely. What, what, absolutely. You know, what's oh, going yeah. on. That's, that's, that's you know. facts. Yeah, because it doesn't affect them. Yeah, right. it doesn't affect you them. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they'll say, hey, I got black friends or, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what's crazy? That kills me. Yeah, you yeah. know, because you know what's crazy before, uh, like, TV and the the northern whites weren't seeing what the southern whites were doing mm-hmm. back in the real racist time, like the civil rights era, right? So... They weren't seeing it, so they were just like, hey, it's not affecting us, right? So then remember Emmett Till, the Emmett Till situation mm-hmm. happened, and his mother was like, nah, open his casket, because you can see this was a result of racism. Mm-hmm. And then the people in the North was like, yo, yeah. nah, we can't let this happen. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's when you start seeing more of the civil rights push. You know, they were like, nah, we got to we gotta let this, you know, we can't let these these guys down here continue to do this. You know right. what I'm saying? So you might be right, Jeff. It has to be something that's going to happen yeah. that's going to be like, yo. You know, and I'm thinking it's going to be Trump, man. I'm thinking Trump because here's the thing. Right now, the dude is continue going off the wave of his campaign push. He has not implemented anything that is going to help mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. All he's done is tweet and talk. He ain't pushed no. And divide. He hasn't put. Yeah, exactly. But he has not pushed any. Any laws, any, any, he hasn't pushed anything through as of yet. Mm-hmm. He has not pushed one thing, and it's almost been a year. So I think eventually they're going to be like, all right, man, 
I thought he's kind of off on a couple. Of, I don't. I don't know what. Nah, he's he's, he's tried to change. He's to change. He tried to change Obamacare. He he said, all right, nah, that's over, right? Mm-hmm. But he has not implemented a new health care plan. Nope. His his own people going against him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he has not done anything that is effective. That's going to basically make a this change that he mm-hmm. claimed. He ain't built no wall. Mexico ain't play for no wall. You know what I mean? You ever see, you ever see the uh, president? He had the uh, long video. He's like. We're not building. We're not paying. <laughs> he start cussing him out. The fucking wall. <laughs> that, that was the that was the ex president. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, not but, paid for the fucking wall. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, hilarious, man. Yeah, man. So, um, I think once you know, I think I think the dude's gonna crash and burn eventually, because you can't continue just to like we're like, yo, what's the results here? What's the results? And then I mean, even his own party's like. They turning on him, bro, because they're like, nah, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't, He's got we a lot don't of opposition see it. Now. Yeah, so, but anyway, uh, back to your boy. So. What's your boy name, man? Um, what was buddy name? Um, yeah, he's an idiot. Forty-one-year-old lost yeah. a good job. Yeah. Man, he done. Come on, Robert. Robert yeah. Patterson. Robert let a thirty-second Pat- decision, yeah. bad decision, decision. determine. Uh, you yep. done, bro. <laughs> Straight up. He you was probably out. calling everybody. This is gonna be funny. Nah. Yeah. That's bad. As, that's as bad as uh, what was the who? God dang. The the fire chief in uh, what was oh, it? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah. Calls yeah. By yeah. But I think on, he was bro. a volunteer. This is the Detroit dude is a paid firefighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him out of here, <laughs> man. Get him out of yeah. here. So, but anyway, man. Um, let's go on to our main event. All right, man. So, um, Jeff, what I wanted to talk about, man, and uh, I want to introduce everyone to kind of like, I guess, some of the conversations we'd be having anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, I would say probably like a, uh, what was it, Jeff? Probably like maybe like a week ago? Yep. Yeah, a week ago, Actually man. Actually, a week ago. And um, it was just something that told me to go holler at Jeff. I went to his office. He, You know, he does. he's head security manager at uh, my part-time gig. So... Um, I was like, yo, let me just go holler at you, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I went, and sometimes I just go to his office just to get away from everybody else. <laughs> Shut the door, like, what up, man? <laughs> but anyway, man, uh, I went to the office, and, um, you know, man, we just started kicking it, man. I think Jeff was going through, you know, going through a couple things, you know, yes. not to mention exactly everything but he's going through. But um, he just started trying to kick in some knowledge to me, you know, and start talking about, you know, um, post-traumatic stress disorder and like depression and stuff like that and things that can lead to it so man what i just kind of want to do i just kind of wanted to continue that conversation um maybe you kind of can tell us what you were going through that day and what was kind of going through you know some of the things you were thinking about that day well pretty much i found out recently that uh i've been going through anxiety and depression i don't know when how how long through my life but i i feel it hit me hard after i uh was discharged from the uh, United States Marine Corps. Um, it most hit me real hard when a lot of things just not was not stacking up the way I planned, mm-hmm. and to the point where I was, you know, I was getting counseling at the you know local VA hospital. Um, you know, they were you know, we, but but the uh, sessions are only like brief, like an hour, an hour, and so you had to still collect yourself. So a lot of times I'd search, you know, I'd seek out people like y- yourself and people that you know, like you know other figures in my life, like my uh, boxing coach. Um, and and uh, I have to say another friend of mine that's, uh, I have to say she's a spiritual guidance person. But for the most part, sometimes you just break down totally. You, you know, and the feeling of anxiety is like this, is like imagine always 
when you, you ever feel that feeling when you're in trouble, like you're in trouble, you're about to get in trouble over something. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So so imagine having that constantly, constantly. I mean, and it could be the slightest thing from like uh, making a decision, a risky decision, or a simple decision. Um, if something went wrong, you're thinking of the worst case scenario possible, and uh, it eats you alive. And then when you make, when you try so hard not to make that mistake, you do make the mistake, and it hits you. Hard, and that's when the depression comes in, mm. and and you're just like downing yourself. You're thinking you're worthless. Um, you try to find other means of trying to get out of the depression, such as alcohol. You know, sometimes caffeine. Um, yeah, tell tell us about that because you broke that down to me, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, well, what, what so I found out recently about uh, people that suffer from depression is that uh, a lot of times uh, we we attracting myself not I don't say I'm addicted but I have to say I use alcohol to uh stimulate me meaning yeah. and it makes me like maybe feel happy or feel festive mm-hmm. and uh caffeine the same way like during the day because you know I don't I don't like have to, like right now I'm not sitting here urging to have a drink uh-huh. but 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 when I do have the access to it and you know I want to have a drink I do get festive and I feel happy but um same thing with caffeine. When I get up in the morning, I get a good cup of coffee, and I start getting that that buzz. It's like I'm stimulated. And so, but so recently, I've, I found out that I don't need that stimulation mm-hmm. all the time. And what's really been helping me recently is boxing. Yeah. Mm. So, and I'm, I'm so disrespectful not to even just let them tell your credentials, man. Your military. Uh, what you have going on. I just kind of jumped right into the conversation. Yeah. I apologize. No, it's all right. But um, tell us some of your credentials, man, because you're doing some major things before we okay. continue to go on with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I apologize, man. It's I all right. It's I was just so ready to go, man. Yeah, I know. Like, let's talk, because it was such a, because yeah, yeah, he yeah. was teaching me some stuff. I'm like, damn, I didn't think about that, Jeff. Right. Yeah. Like, even just the coffee. And there's some other things we're going to talk about. I'm like, yo, there's things that we all go through, but we mask them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, 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 we shift them and, you know, but, um, but go ahead, man. Um, you know, your credentials, military, all that kind of stuff, man. And um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I mean, United States Marine always will be a Marine. Served 14 years in the United States Marine Corps, uh, since 1990, uh, got out in 94, went back in in 95 and finished out in 2004. Um, I have to say that the Marine Corps and, and my family that's still there in the Marine Corps and out is always there for me. And uh, one thing about uh, being a Marine really is the aspect of, it's like like y'all are in a fraternity. It's mm-hmm. the same thing of being a Marine. Right. And, and, and that brother and sisterhood that, you know, when we say to each other, Semper Fi, you know, Semper Fidelis, that means, you know, always faithful to your core, and to, you know, to your country, to your core. And it's like, it's so stimulating just to hear that from another person that of your like yeah man i seen this dude we've been having the middle of a conversation and this dude just walk up to him and say some stuff i'm looking like i don't know what that yeah. means they talking like a half an hour later yeah. <laughs> kind of like we do it's, that's how i do the chat man <laughs> when the military bros get to talk to them i don't know what y'all talking yeah. about <laughs> that's the what firefighter it. bros get to talk to them i don't, yeah. I don't know what y'all talking about <laughs> i just i just pixel bin okay yeah. that's all i do is pixel bin no and, and to tell you how strong uh the bond of uh, Marines is, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, downgrading any of the other armed forces of our country because they have their bonds too. But, but a Marine is like where 
perfect example is uh, I had a friend of mine. His name is Brian Schmidt, and he uh, put together a uh, gathering for the Marine Corps birthday. I always tell people I have uh, two birthdays. One is my birthday in uh, September, and then the Marine Corps birthday, which is November 10th. And out of the blue, this man, Brian, and uh, he put together a gathering over at Hotel Tango here, here in mm. Indianapolis. And a bunch of Marines that hardly knew, knew each other got together and uh, bonded that quickly just by having a couple of drinks and started talking about the Marine Corps. And a lot of those guys right now I'm still bonded with and, and, a, and a new brotherhood. And that's what kind of like spawned and sparked uh, something we're going to get into here shortly about yeah. my program that I started. But um, I'll tell you, what, when you get out, when you get out of the service, and a lot of people are like, "Hey, I did four years. I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. I'm cool." But when you realize, when you get out here in this world, it's it's culture shock. I don't care how you look at it. Yeah, you might be at home with your family, your loved ones, but it's culture shock. I mean, uh, to the point where I have to say that the the uh, military always took care of you. Yeah, this is the part of this is the, part this is the thing. Part. I mean, the military always took care of you. I'm talking about, yeah, we'd be in harsh situations, but the thing was, you never had to worry about something to eat. You never had to worry about somewhere to lay your head down. You never had to worry about um, making sure that uh, you had money. Um, you never had to worry about somebody there to talk to you. You know, you had your unit chaplain. You had, you know, you had the, um, you know, the hospitals there on, on base. You had your brothers and sisters at arms that's there for you 24 hours a day, regardless if you, if, if you lived on, in the barracks or if you lived in a base housing. You always, you know, I always get calls from my Marines and say, hey, Sergeant Tab, I got this going on. Or I go to, you know, my gunnery sergeant or, or my lieutenant or whoever, ever, and they would, we would bond together. Yeah, sometimes we get, a, you know, kick, you know, sort of kick in the ass, but, but for, for the most part, it was, we're there for you. Mm. And once you get out, it's, it's it changes. I mean, and and what it is that you try, you start searching, and you start searching for that outlet of where can I find, you know, where can I find fellow Marines like myself or fellow, you know, you know, armed forces service members, someone and, to talk to. Mm. Yeah, someone to talk someone to. Someone that can relate. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so a lot of times though, you do come in, you know, contact with, you know, a lot of veterans. Sometimes you know, you might see them at, you know grocery store you might see them you know wearing their little hat or you know t-shirt or what have you and even if you go by and say Semper Fi or you know hey thank you for your service there's still that that complete connection at first they'll say they'll say like hey what unit were you with or who you know how long did you serve okay good to go thanks see you see you later Mm -hmm. and the thing that really got me was um being in a neighborhood and I remember back being on, you know, base housing with my family and it was no problem to say to another Marine and say, Hey, Dola, hey, good morning. You know, and then now when you're living in the, in a, in the area, you know, in the civilian world, people look at you funny. They might wave at you, but it's very seldom that they have a conversation with you unless they mm-hmm. feel that you're, you know, you might be cool. Mm-hmm. But one thing about uh, the military, there was some, we were always connected somehow. And we might have been in different units, which is like jobs, different jobs, right? Or different, you know. But uh, but let me ask you. Yeah, let me ask you a question. So is that kind of like because of the way you put it to me, that <clears throat> because naturally, 
when I'm a person who's never experienced it. I go through, and it was kind of crazy because he was like, even what I go through as a firefighter, he was like, you're there for 24 hours, but you still have your outlet to go home and mm-hmm. disconnect from that. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that in the military, you were, that was all the time, 24-7. Yeah. And he was saying like, this is what, what me. So when I see a military person that comes out and I'm like, oh, they have post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm like, man, they, don't, they went to the, they was over in Iraq and seen somebody get their somebody. head blown yeah. off. But the way he explained it was like, no, this is a form of like the post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, and the, and, and the culture's talk because you're used to, yeah. you're just so used to that culture that you've been living in mm-hmm. for and he said, 14 guy, years. Guys who are in prison go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You don't think about you that. You don't think about it, but. They're institutionalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it, what it is is like, when you first like go through boot camp and everything, and you're you know you're put into a, a a set of culture shock, you know you're coming home from you know you graduated high school or you graduated college and you're going to boot camp, and you're isolated from everything for three months. I'm talking about as soon as you get off the bus and that general well before that that general starts to instruct you what you're gonna do and you're his until you graduate. <laughs> That that's that's right there is shocking. I mean, I can't do what I want to do right. for three months, and pretty much no. So it ain't like you, you know, for three months you you're done everything by the numbers, and so that's kind of a shock of, of its own. And you were and you were created to become one of the most powerful warriors that I've ever seen. And, and, and like I said, every armed forces has them. And then the thing that is, but you're becoming something that's separate from civilians. And, and and the thing that they also teach you is the aspect of you're mine now. You're 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 separate from civilians. And so that being said, a lot of times when we go through so many years of being in the military and you don't go four, you can go thirty. But once you realize you're about to become one of these civilians, it's like oh, Oh, wow. Some people feel like, oh, yeah, I got a job hooked up. You know, I'm, me and my family are going to live over here. But you still in the back of your head, you're like, oh, wow. And so a lot of times you 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 uh, that you feel that when you get when you get out and you get a job and everything, you still have that military mentality. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about the failure part. Yeah, military me. mentality. So a lot of times, and this is where I think my anxiety comes from a lot of times, is I do make decisions and I sometimes hesitate on them because I'm making sure that I am to the, you know, straight across the board making the right decision. And then sometimes it, 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 it fails. And then I say, Oh my God, how can I fail this? And I did this while I was in the Marine Corps, you know, a simple task like this, or why are these people not doing what I'm telling them to do? And I, you know, I was in charge of like, you know, 40 to 50, you know, Marines, combat ready Marines. So, why am I telling these six or six or seven people to do something and they want to do what they want to do? So that's that's frustrating because being in, being in the military, you either did it or you you're getting uh, what we call a non-judicial punishment, um, which is kind of like you know charged, or you're just getting court-martialed. So whoever's in it, you had no choice to yeah. get the job done or do whatever that needs to be done. And so when you get out here, it's 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 you get anxious and and frustrated because you're dealing with people in a different type of leadership. And then you also have to look at, at the way of 
you just can't talk to people the same way that you did in the military. Right. <laughs> I was about to say, is it is it is it upsetting? You know, is it, you know, if, it, if, when you get in a situation as and time, you're trying to <laughs> direct, you know, kind of direct someone to do something, or I, I won't say direct, but yeah, yeah, maybe you, request someone to do something, yeah. and they're telling you, nah, you know, oh. I don't want to do it, and and you're used to, you know, when I say do right. something, it's done. And now you're having this, you know, yeah. deal with people that are like, I ain't, I ain't doing that. I don't feel like it. You yeah. know? Or they half-ass do it. Yeah. Right. And, that, and, 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 and so you have to look, you know, and I had to say that at first, when I first got out, it was no, something was a term that we used in the Marine Corps called click off safe. You know, it wasn't, no, it wasn't quick for a uh, non-commissioned officer, an NCO, to click off safe on their troop. So that means by, that's like, you would say like, Hey, why didn't this dig, well, why didn't this get done? And they're like, well, well, Sergeant, uh, I said, I told you to get it done now. Yeah. So imagine me doing that at an office <laughs> or at a hotel saying, <laughs> get us crazy. No, come here. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. come here, nasty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you just can't do that. You know, yeah. you, you know, next thing you know, you're, you know, yeah. harassment, you know, uh, right. discrimination or what have you. So it, so a lot of times I felt like I had to bottle that 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 up and put it to the side and then almost ended up kind of like passive passive with it and so 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 it was like i said okay i gotta be cool about it because one you know i'm six three you know 200 some pounds and you know from marine first thing if i raise my voice you know it's gonna be a problem so what i've learned is like try to you know conversate with them you know and and a lot of times I feel that it's not me, you know. So you just, feel like you're being fake. It, it's kind like, of like sometimes being fake, sometimes just feel like restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more like, it's more restraint, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that. And would, that, has to, that has to wear on you too then. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, and, and, and uh, I mean, for the people that, that hear me out there, I mean, especially guys that were drill instructors. I, I'm Drill instructors or any type of instructor where you were, you know, relentless. And yes, you had a guy in rules, but at the same time, you were God. As, 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 a, as a leader in the military, you were like a God to these troops. You were, you were, you were no, you know, no failure, uh, no failure, no, you know, you were like a superhero yeah. to, to these troops. And a lot of times, and, and, if you, and if you did fall shortcoming, you had other leaders that would pick you up to make you that great leader. You didn't have like, oh, he's just gonna do what the heck he's gonna do. So let me ask you a question, man. So it seems like, you know, in making of a soldier in this, in this, is it really preparing you for life when it comes to failure or, because I think there's some aspects to it to where it can, I mean, it most definitely is giving you some discipline and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But in hearing you talk a lot of times, it's almost like, um, it's almost kind of like I said, it was almost like when you go to prison. And this is when I when I was talking to him, I was like, yo, that reminds me of an inmate. Mm-hmm. So when you go to prison, they're telling you when to wake up, they're telling you when to go to sleep, they're telling you when it's time to eat, they're telling you when mm-hmm. you can go work out, they're telling you all these things. And then that's not, is that even like reality of life? Like somebody's gonna wake you up, somebody's gonna tell you, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? When they get out, they're like, whoa, no one's telling mm-hmm. me to do this. So is that like how is that preparing you for well, life even when it comes to the military? You know it, what I'm saying? It, yeah. in, in some aspects, it, it helps. You, okay, as far as like it's, it helps you being regimented, 
trying to kind of be on a set schedule on life. But a lot of times, what, but, what, what, but what the part that kind of becomes frustrating is when it gets thrown off. A regimented task that you do is thrown off. Which, when you become a civilian, it can't yeah, get thrown yeah, off. Yeah, and those, I mean, <laughs> easily. And, but, 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 you know, you know, one thing they always taught Marines is uh, we always adapt and overcome. And, yes, we adjust to it, but, uh, but and we quick fix or, or, or put something together to uh, make it happen. But sometimes you, it's a mess. And so, so you're like, then you're like, oh my gosh, I don't believe this just happened. This happened. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm equating it to online. Yeah. That's, that's a lot what of people I'm, don't understand yeah. that. Right. A lot of people but don't. If you look but, at the, are, yeah, but if you look at the pledging, it, if you yeah. look at the pledging process, it's, ex, it's, it's, it's the format's off military. Man. It's off the boot camp of military. Yeah. 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 I was look how long you're online. Yeah. Look how long you're in yeah. boot camp. Yeah. yeah. I started yeah. thinking about, you know, the drill instructor and the, that's the, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's and, the same thing. Yeah, that's right. where the that's like, where yeah. the people who created like the pledge process they had to be military yeah, yeah. guys because <laughs> they was like you're gonna do seven weeks, eight, nine weeks. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do you know all yeah. the things that it's the same thing as yep. boot camp. You know what I'm saying? You got hell week. Military has hell yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so so they got your head ball. They got your head ball. You know and so mean? the thing about it is yeah. like when you get out of boot camp, well at least for the Marine Corps, it's like uh, you're still not totally away from that 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 culture. So for instance. You uh, go to boot camp, you uh, graduate, you know, you're proud of, you know, putting on that Eagle Globe and Anchor, and then you, you know, go home, you know, you're strutting in your dress blues or whatever uniform or what have you, and you're unstoppable. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, here's your orders to combat training school, which is called Marine Combat Training School. Or you go to which is called, if you're going to be a combat operator, uh, the School of Infantry or other, you know, types of uh, combat, you know, type schools. And so... Then you're still put into that regimented mentality because your instructors are not as hard as a drill instructor, but they're still, hey, get your, you know, put your, your gear on. Hey, Stir. You know, yeah. No, right face. Hey, we're going, you know, hey, let's go. We're going to run about eight it's miles still, in it's full. It's still yeah. some kind of instruction. So, so, instru- and you're, so you're still structured. And the reason why it's like that is because that accountability. The biggest thing is accountability. Your 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 accountability for the man next to you, your accountability for all these people behind you, in front of you, whatever. And you have to have some type of discipline to know that, hey, we're about to do this operation and there's no mistakes. Mm. You know, when I tell you to get down, get down. Okay. There ain't no no option for you to get down. Mm. There's no option for you to fire your weapon. There's no option for you to uh, dig a fighting hole. There's no, you know, you don't have time to smoke a cigarette. Uh, you don't have time to sleep sometimes. Sometimes, we'll, you know, you'd be in this position and you'd be like, hey, you sleep for this hour, get back up and right. you're on watch. And then sometimes you feel like, hey, why am I going to sleep? And I know this is about to happen. Yeah. You know, this could happen. Anything can happen to me. But um, the, the, like I said, the biggest thing is you're still in that school type setting still regimented and then this is when they start teaching you combat skills real combat. i mean you're taught in boot camp but this is more intense where you're dealing with you know uh different uh weapons uh from uh like like explosives c4 anything like that mm-hmm. and 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 that's when you're like if i make a mistake doing this somebody's dying so so with that you know what i'm saying like how was that do you think even just going from those two transitions and saying, okay, it's time to get out, you know, 
how does how how is that like not helping you in the real world? Well, like I said, the thing with it is, uh, even though it was, everything was real regimented, and and as time went by through you know throughout my career, um, you know, we it was always something about even though we do hard training or did you know hard operations, but the thing about it is that it was a family, so it was so quick to go from a, a harsh situation to having a, a, a unit picnic or or some type of uh something that kind of like you mellow out and relax and, and 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 decompress with your people and and that's the biggest thing i keep talking about with your people and then you get out you don't and then you that. get out you don't have you don't that you, you don't have that you don't have that like you know say for instance and that's one thing that's another thing is that um when you're in the military in, in your unit you can go to your your uh fellow marine and say Hey man, let's go to the, you know let's go to the bar and have a drink I need and, to talk. And, and let's talk about what what Gunny was talking about. Here you can't. They don't tr- understand. You know, yeah, they don't yeah. understand. Hey okay. man, you know, hey that director man, let me go talk. And sometimes you got to watch that because you know hidden agendas. But right. what I'm yeah, getting right, so, right. so so that that camaraderie and and, and that camaraderie and and um and compassion is not there like not there. it was when you was in the military, right? And let me ask you guys a question, and it's kind of you know kind of off that, but still kind of in that in that lane. Um, talking about uh, post traumatic stress disorder, man, do you think that you know as we as we were working up the building and talk about this uh, conversation, and um, I was thinking, man, do you think that you know, do you think that we as black people all suffer from post traumatic stress disorder? Yeah. I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I believe I believe so. And and a lot of it has to deal with the upbringing, even. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, here, here's why I look at it like this: upbringing, and and it doesn't have to be what demographic area, like in you know, you know the hood. It can be in the suburbs because of how we used to, how we used to, uh, are so used to generation by generation, generation by generation, just being uh, treated like, hey, mama said they do this, you better do it, or you get in the belt, you know, oh, you know. Dad said you better do this or you're gonna get popped in the mouth. And so so a lot of times we we've been going through generations of being hard on ourselves. Mm. And and so a lot of times we are in tuned of that type of type of behavior. So, I, so see, I was uh, going go ahead, go ahead. I was say I had a conversation with uh one of my boys. We actually were going back mm-hmm. and forth. Um talking about if and it was after the uh the Las Vegas shooting mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> we were talking about is um is that kind of behavior hereditary or did he inherit that you know from a parent and it was we after we researched mm-hmm. you know we both had you know our points of views but we looked up a few things and uh we did find that it was stated that you know trauma can be passed down from a parent to a child yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. you know crazy you know what i'm saying so yeah. you saying that do we all have it? Let me yeah. give you, let me tell you why. Definitely, because I mean, think about what our parents or our grandparents and went through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's my point. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. when I see, when I continue to see these visual images, and also some people who may have gone through it of harassment from the police, um, of racist situations, and all you see it, you see it on TV. You're taught from a little school: slavery, mm-hmm. this, slavery, that, racism, the civil rights, civil rights, civil rights. Yeah. So now it's like that's put into us to where it's like, man. Sometimes you can get pulled over by a cop, or a cop start following you 
to where a white person just may be like, oh, blah, blah, I don't care. Yeah. But we start seeing yeah. it and we start getting this anxiety. Yeah. We start getting this, you know what I'm saying? And we I start, see it all the time. Like, a cop was behind me today. And you ain't got not, nothing wrong. Nothing, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong. wrong with me. me Car yep, clean. I'm yep, clean. Yep, everything. Yep. I'm like straight speed limit. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, other folks, they... I'm like, come on. And I'm still, you know, like, oh, my God. You, why, yes, sir. Like, no, sir. Right. Why are you uh, still behind me? Why yeah. still, yes, sir. No, sir. I have to say one of the biggest things going to post-traumatic stress disorder as far as the black community, I have to say that probably the biggest word that, that can make you click to that area is when somebody says nigger. Yes. Because, yeah. I mean, you think about it. Because, like, with... with 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 for With the sure. aspect of com, you know, like combat veterans or you know, p- you know, police officers, first responders, it takes a little bit to make you go to the alert. So, what I mean by that, we go to alert. So, say for instance, like you know, it, it doesn't take, but say something like somebody came through that window right now, it'd be seconds for me to, to react to it. Instead of running away from it, I react to it by taking whatever I have to do to take that person out. But um, so I'm that's so, you, so 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 to imagine the reaction every time somebody says, "Hey, nigger." Yeah. So 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 through generation and generation, it you know, makes, will, you click, makes you click. Like, it clicks. Your antenna goes up like, yeah, "What yeah. the hell?" Well, yeah. What the hell? Your first reaction is, "I'm I'm ready to crack this great. dude across." Yeah. It's great. <laughs> right. So so so, and that's what I'm saying by that reaction. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so where you know in my question i've always asked this when are we going to break ourselves from that reaction and it's hard i mean but, i mean how can you because they i mean someone can, says that they automatically they, paint themselves as an enemy so exactly if you exactly. have that experience yeah. like this is the enemy mm-hmm. that's the target yeah. take the enemy out and you and come and say hey hey nigger it's, and yeah. you're like oh you're a target it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the same as a world mm-hmm. war ii vet hearing a a, a, a glass drop yeah, he goes yep. into like shooting. You know or, what I'm saying? <laughs> I've, I've I've talked to veterans for from Vietnam says they can't stand somebody walking in shower shoes or or flip flops. Really? You know what I'm saying? Or or a certain smell of gunpowder? Yeah, man. You know, but but the thing is, like, but sometimes I, I I feel that you know, having those types of symptoms sometimes it depends on who you are, and sometimes it's it could be a, a curse, but it can also be a, a kind of a blessing because you know how to react and that's the one thing and yeah. they always that the misconception too about P, uh, PTSD is is that the first thing is that that it's just just wired that to just go crazy no a lot of the times it's you're you're wired to react to to a situation but you're constantly in that situation your your, your body's constantly in that situation yeah so you, you think some some people are more extreme to where like, like, so for for example, like you're saying, like a low level person that like you hear nigger and you be like, what the fuck he say? Mm-hmm. And then like five minutes later, you can be like, that dude just drove down the street and he mm-hmm. screamed it out. And you could be like, man, that dude just called us a nigger, mm-hmm. and we can laugh about it. But someone at an extreme, who's having it as extreme, it's just constantly, like you know, that's constantly in their head, just battling yeah. to where they're just like you know, to the point of getting you know saying getting called nigger and getting getting your butt whooped or being called nigger and. Your sister got raped, or being, you know what I'm saying. And so yeah, those are the types yeah. of th- those are different reactions, the different levels. And yeah, because yeah, yeah. um, going back to PTSD, I was uh, as far as the military, I was talking to uh, this is probably about maybe five years ago, and uh, I was uh, taking my son to IU, and uh, on my way there, we stopped at a McDonald's near near downtown, and we were eating, and then all of a sudden, somebody just yelled yelled out of the. In the McDonald's, Sergeant Tab, 
I'm like, hey, no, me and Sergeant Tab. And it was one of my Marines. I won't mention his name, but, and I'm like, I didn't know you lived here. He goes, yeah, yeah, uh, Sergeant, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I said, man, call me Jeff. He goes, oh, Sergeant, I'm, I mean, I mean uh, I've been going through a lot of things. You know, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I, I can't, you know, hold a job. I can't do this. And, it, and it's like, right there, it's just like, my God, that's extreme. Yeah, where, where he just can't cope because there's some people like that can hone it and, and take it as a, you know, and make it a weapon. And then there's some that, that which I'm going to talk about that shortly is, and, and there's some that just can't, can't take the. Hey, do you think the super woke people are dealing with uh post-traumatic stress? <laughs> like or, everything yeah. is about like, is it, is it true? it's about, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, man, you Racial. see this phone here, man. Why they make them black? Or, they're trying uh, to put a black man yeah. down, like they well, super. Everybody that was mad yeah, about the dub you know, commercial. Some, some, of, but <laughs> they some got of it, post-traumatic. Yeah, but some, yeah. Of, some, of, some of it is paranoia. Yeah, you know? yeah hey, man. You, you say that, man. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I just thought about back in high school. Quick, it's not gonna be a long story. Back in high school, <laughs> my super long story. <laughs> my assistant band instructor, um, she's a female. Uh, she was in the art. I believe the army. Mm-hmm. She's in, in in some armed forces, mm-hmm. and. Um, she flew, she worked with helicopters, oh, yeah. flew helicopter something. And I remember I was in drumline and I remember we were, we were in the back and we were like, you know, some people would play and then other people that weren't playing, they'll be just behind us clowning around or whatever in high school. And uh, one of the guys had a laser pointer. Ooh. Yep. And so he's just playing with the laser mm-hmm. pointer back there and like she caught eye of it, like the red beam. Mm-hmm. And she flipped in front of the band class, like, Flipped out and then ran out crying. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And we all looking like, you know, what, like what, what happened? And then like yeah. she, she, but she came back and, and explained. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And she was, I mean, initially she was pissed. Like, who's got the laser pointer? Give it to me now! Like, like going off. And then she explained, you know, about being in the military and and you know having that. And at that age, I didn't know what PTSD was. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid in high school, you know what I mean? This is probably like ninth, tenth grade when this happened. I had no idea, but I mean, it completely makes sense. But I mean, that just shows how different people it click. Sticks, like, yeah, yeah. so one person could click, like, I want to, you know, I'm ready to go into action. One person can click, and it's like a completely different emotional mm-hmm. response. Like her, yeah, she like yeah. just broke down, like in pretty much fear. Like she broke down, crying and scared, and stormed off. I mean, so do you think that's why, like Jeff made? I mean, that was. I mean, I never th- thought about that. Like nigger mm-hmm. being like that that thing that just makes you click so they'd be like white people can be like man you could call me honky or cracker i don't care mm-hmm. you know, but you haven't the had the they effects. don't care yeah, yeah. and you haven't had the me. effects of a man hanging from a tree mm-hmm. that you see on every history class and the people behind him are screaming nigger yeah yeah the, the word yeah the behind a lot like i said imagine that we're uh, always being you're being persecuted you know and that's the thing that's why you know, it's so quick for other, you know, nationalities to call each other, you know, any type of, uh, you know, slur, like it's sitting in a barbershop and, hey, this, hey, that, you know, hey, you know. But Jews but, have, I think they have it. I think it clicks them a different way, too. too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Jews, when you or, when you give na- a racial slur. Native, Amer- Native Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take it a different yeah. way so, because of what they went through yeah. and, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the Holocaust and, yeah. like you said, the uh in, you know the Indian Americans, or you know they what they've gone through the yeah, and, and genocide talking, of their people. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about as far right. as persecu- you know, persecution right, and, and, right, and strife. Right, 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 right. And so those types of words really strike home, no matter what generation you're coming from. 
Dang, that's deep. I never thought. Yeah. Man, I yeah. swear, I never thought. I'm that, like, yeah. and people are gonna ask you, what, you know, why does nigger bother you? Let it, let it go, let it go. Yeah. It's yeah. like, man, it just that clicks something in inside of a person when they hear that to where it's mm-hmm. automatic anger. Right. If somebody says that to you, you know, yeah. it's like, damn, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I guess that's a difference of like people like you could say it to each other. I'm saying it to him, but I wasn't saying it as a person was hanging from a tree. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this is yeah. crazy, man. It's, it's always it's always that, you know, they you know, you hear that, you know, if you say it, I can say it. And that's for example, me and me and you, you know, we got our, our chat and we were talking about uh the sorority girls rapping uh gold gold digger, Kanye. Oh yeah, the you white know, girl, the, the white, white, yeah, the white the sorority white, yeah. girls rapping gold digger by mm-hmm. Kanye. Yeah, I was gonna I'm make a, them. I was gonna say that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I ain't yeah. saying I'm a gold digger, but I ain't messing with no broke nigga. I mean, a room, a house full Just of jamming, white though. girls mm-hmm. saying it. Where mm-hmm. I ain't messing with no broke nigga. Yeah, you know, it was rapping a Kanye West song. Kanye yeah. West song. So it's yeah. like you know they say like, oh they can say it and we can say it. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? So it's like yeah. Do do we need to look at ourselves differently? Do we need to monitor what we say? Black folks. In, in in using the word? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't and say it. I, 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 yeah. If me and Jeff get in the office, I'd be like, man, that nigga was, yeah, yeah. That nigga was tripping. Yeah. But then if we get around no. out in the front somewhere, front, I would no. never no, use no, no, it. No, no, no. I'm very picky on I'm how gonna, I use it and I'm, when I use it. And I'm going to tell you a perfect example. And I say it all the time. You know I yeah. do. And I'm going to tell, tell you a perfect example one time of that is that, you know, this is when I was in the Marine Corps. And that's one thing about the Marine Corps. Yeah, we might have talked a lot of trash, but when it came to civil rights being violated – or anything like that, you were going down. Mm-hmm. And and what, what what brought that to my attention was was one time I was sitting, you know, me and a few Marines were sitting in and we're all black and we're saying and I said something like, Nigga, shut up. Right? And and my sergeant, who was black, came he goes, What? Come here, Tab. What the hell are you talking about? You know, nigga. And you know, I said, Well sergeant, you know, he goes, I don't give a damn. You know, matter of fact, go dig a fighting hole because of that. You know how many people you know die because of that name? That, that name? Mm. So I had to dig a fighting hole, mm. and, and 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 that's not, not that's not a, a, a easy task. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so uh, the thing with it was is that it made me realize like, hey, just because we just can't be you know so nonchalant with the word. Yeah, yeah, you know? man. I you know, and that's why it just k- kills me. Like in you know a lot of times in hip hop, you know, yeah, it's just music. so just yeah, it's just music. so flow. Everyone hears it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I understand it's like in a, in a like certain. Like you said, sect. those white sorority girls are saying it. You can't yeah. be mad because Kanye. Cause shit, they just quoting Kanye's song. Yeah, right. exactly. And and so and that's another thing we have to look at on the flip side. That you know when they come when people say Nick, because some people say well. You say it, you know. See, man, I have the a whole teacher, different. The, yeah, but what? I got the A H O. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the whole boom, boom, doc yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. nigga. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But man, you know, we can have that's a whole other episode, man, because yeah. I use it a lot, and I have I have my reasonings, but I make sure I am saying it around. I don't say it in public. I don't yeah. say it. And let me tell you, the, one of the reasons why I don't say it in public because I used to, when I was younger, I played on this AAU basketball team. And uh, me and this other brother got picked up by this majority white team. And um, it's crazy. We ended up winning nationals. But it was me and him. We was kind of like the only two blacks. And uh, I had to be like 12, 13 years old. And we used to say it to each other. Mm -hmm. And our AAU coach, white dude, he was like, hey, guys, stop saying it. Mm-hmm. We like ah oh, cool, cool whatever whatever boom, boom boom we said it you know we another whole another day we said it again nigga you tripping whatever whatever and then um he said guys stop saying that that's not you know cool whatever, whatever. you know we didn't man we twelve thirteen we ain't tripping right and he said next time you guys say it 
I'm gonna make you very uncomfortable with it. Mm. We ain't think nothing of it. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, he, we were another practice. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, nigga, you crazy? Or he said it to me or whatever. And the coach was like, you niggas come here. Mm. And we look like, (laughs) he said, I told you I was going to make you uncomfortable. He said, don't say that here. Don't say that word, whatever, whatever. Matter of fact, give me some suicides. We had to run suicides. And me, me, I remember the dude named Stan. I couldn't even get mad. I'm like, he told us and he told Mm -hmm. us. So that right there made sure and made me aware, like, just don't be randomly saying this around people that it's going to make them uncomfortable. I said around my frat brothers. I said around people. I said to Jeb, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, but it's a, like I said, it's a whole nother conversation on why I feel like I can say mm-hmm. it. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah, but Jeff, what I wanted to get into, man, we're getting close to the end. Um, man, I want to talk about um, how you're coping with, you know, the depression, the anxiety, some of the things that you're doing. And then I also want to get into uh, the punch of veteran. Uh, okay. Thing. So go ahead. Yeah. So, so like I said uh, earlier in the uh, program, where I was uh, dealing with uh, issues in my life with uh, anxiety and depression. And so my uh, doctor uh, offered me uh, medication, right? And so I said, well, maybe I do need to take a little something to try to maybe get the edge off. And so I took medication for like not even three days. And the next thing I know, and I'm, I'm going to say this straight out, is that I woke up the next morning saying all I wanted to do was sleep. And I'm talking, I'm sitting in the shower, in the corner of the shower, Saying I'm done. Mm. I'm done. I didn't. I mean, I didn't want to like slip my wrist or anything. But I said, I just want to sleep. I don't want to deal with nothing. Right. I want to deal with anything. But so I'm so I, I I initially said I need to go back. I need to go to the hospital. I need to get put in the hospital because this is, I'm having thoughts of doing something that I regret. Right. Mm. And so you know I'm calling you know my kid's mother and. and uh, you know, call my boss, and you know, I went to the hospital, and and that whole entire day, I was only at the hospital for like a couple hours, and, and they're talking about, well, you need, you know, we'll set you up with another some more drugs. So they give me some more drugs, I throw them out. I said, I'm not, I'm not taking this stuff no more. So one thing, the next, I slept the, bottom line, I slept the whole entire day. Didn't want to get up. Didn't want to do nothing. Didn't want to go to the bathroom. Didn't want to do nothing. Until I had to get up finally, I was like, "Man, get up!" In my head, get up. Yeah. Let's go. You're hard. You're more of a hard charger than this. Get up. And so the, the next morning, uh, I decided to go. You know, go to go to boxing with my coach. And uh, I'll tell you, going in there, and at first I was still feeling some of the effects of the of the medication. Where I'm like, like kind of dragging tail and everything. And my coach said, "Hey, Jeff, let's go." It's all about that push. And he always tells me that. It's all about that push. Push yourself. No matter how, what, what, what's going on, how scared you are, or what, what's happening, push. And, 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 and right there, it re-inspired me about life. Push. And, and when I got pushed, no matter how, the things about anxiety and depression, it's like you're in a wall, in a, in a box a lot of times. Because you, you feel like you're alone. You feel like... Uh, you're, you're, you're scared and you had to push yourself out of that. And, you know, even sometimes like when I, I'd be, you know, boxing and I've been, and I love boxing. And even the, sometimes when I get to sparring, you know, with my, uh, some of my guys there and even my coach, I hesitate. Like maybe I gotta make sure I don't get hit. And the thing with it, what is, is that when I get hit, it does not hurt. 
It's just the simple fact of the matter is the impact of I made a mistake. Mm. So to over so I, I sat there and I'm like, I need to overcome this. And 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 almost to the point where I felt like kind of like what Bruce Lee said, be water. Get out of the box and be water. Let everything flow. And 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 not worry about everything that happens in your life. And 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 have faith in God and 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 be you. Be there for you, for your family. And uh, real quick, that's one of the reasons why uh, I started my program, Punch for Veterans. Punch for Veterans. Some people say punch a veteran. No, punch for veterans. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, punch a veteran. Line them up. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. So so what, so what so what what, what kind of uh, brought this on was. Uh, I said, the gym that I go to is just indie boxing and grappling uh, off of East Washington Street. And uh, it was introduced to me from a a former USC fighter, Chris Lytle. And uh, I started going there. I was weighing 270 pounds. Yeah, I lift weights at the gym and everything, you know, kick the bag, whatever. And but when I started doing boxing for the first month or so, I was like, literally like in pain and I'm like man do I want to keep doing this do I want to keep putting myself through that and so one of the sessions uh I was introduced well he introduced himself to his, his, his name is uh Ike Boyd Jr. and one of the coaches there and he he came to me he goes hey Jeff uh won't you come join me in the morning for one of our sessions and I said okay and I'm thinking I said am I a remedial Cause I'm thinking, you know, I'm all slow and not, you know, punching fast enough or punching hard enough and awkward and stiff. But then we started training together and, uh, I was, and, and it's crazy because one thing about being in boxing like that, you're right there with, uh, you know, the, uh, 2016, uh, Walter Wade, uh, golden gloves champion, Frank Martin, you know, phenomenal guy. You train with him. You're around guys like Matt Metrion, uh, a Bellator fighter. And, uh, you know, Chris Lytle, Andrew Holbrook with the UFC. And you're around these guys that's training you and trying to help you. And then all of a sudden, with just with my coach, though, Ike Boyd, I spent all that time and, and looked up and I said, man, I've been over three hours and I've been hooked ever since. So I'm like, if I got more of a sense of self-esteem, more sense of pride, I started looking better, you know. And I said, how can I help that gym? And then I said, who can, who can benefit from that? And I said, my fellow veterans. Because, one, my goal is to get complimentary uh, funds for them to get this training, you know. A lot of, a lot of gyms, you know, cost like astronomical amounts of money, you know. And a lot of these veterans can't afford that. So my goal is either at least get a discount or complimentary. Because I feel that it's a gift to them where, one, you're getting that sense of awareness, which a lot of people that suffer from PTSD is always so they get to release that that tension um anxiety that fear because you're in there you're grinding you're sweating you're you're, you're putting every ounce of muscle into it and uh even um i had a friend of mine that came down to help me out a phenomenal person his name is rudy reyes he was in uh, the hbo miniseries generation kill he played himself and uh he also suffers from ptsd but he takes it and makes himself a weapon with it. And the thing is, I needed him to kind of like introduce it to Indianapolis and to certain people at the gym, especially because they were kind of like, what is this? And 
when he talked talked about it, they were like, okay, now I see what you're saying. So my my bottom line is one, I want to get the comedy, but I also want to build that sense of camaraderie that we've lost coming out. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 ain't that, and that's why a lot of us and uh, brothers and sisters suffer from anxiety and depression because we don't have that that to outlet to connectness. And um, well, just you know, I, I forgot to mention, um, I'm with the American Legion, and uh, I'm I'm a second vice commander with uh, Post 249, the 11th District. And with the American Legion, I found a family through them. But um, along with other uh, veterans organizations that they're suffering to get younger members. And with Punch for Veterans, I think that could give them that outlet. I want to feed much information to help, you know, feed as much information as I can to get these brothers and sisters the, the resources that they need to join these organizations. Where can anyone who's listening, you know, where can they find if they want to donate, they want to join or if they know someone who would benefit from it? Where can they find, you know, um, find your website or how, how can they get connected? Right now, with you? Uh, right now I have a, a Facebook page on Facebook, punchedveterans.com. And if you want to email, email me at uh, punchedveterans at gmail.com. Um, right now I'm still trying to uh, build my uh, the, uh, game if anybody can help out as far as uh, getting me uh, resources of giving up my 501c3, I want to be my own non-for-profit organization. I've been, you know, I, uh, indie boxing grappling. I would like them to be my uh, foundation gym to get this program started. But I'm, all, you know, I'm inviting any other uh, combat sports or martial arts gym who wants to, you know, partner up and and make this dream come true. And and the dream is is not for me to gain notoriety or being famous or anything like that. It's to help our veterans. And, and, and to add to that is that it's not just helping the veterans. It also can gain, if you have these veterans inside these gyms with these, you know, young children, especially at the gym I go to at any boxing grappling where these, you know, where the children go for complimentary until they're 18, you know, and it helps them keep them off the street. But when you're around a bunch of veterans that they're, they're, they're like to mentor and try to gain, you know, that sense of leadership, these kids might cling to these veterans and have some somebody to look up to instead of a gang member or have yeah. someone looked up to instead of a video game. Um, <laughs> that that hero that hero. Yeah. And then yeah. and then in turn it makes that veteran feel like a hero. Yeah. And then and then also it opens a whole new avenue of approach as far as uh networking, jobs, kids yeah. that might want to join the military, kids that might have resources and need a recommendation letter to go to a certain college, anything for them to get that connected with that veteran. Because, you know, what's one thing, uh, once veterans take, you know, get that sense of pride and, and, and want to take a mission on, they run with it. And they'll do anything they can to make it happen for you. Yeah, man. Well, man, I, yeah. um, I, I mean, I, I, and I can, I can attest to this. I've seen him, you know, grinding on this for six to eight months now yeah. just trying to you know get it and built and just making a different steps and getting the program rolling so man if you guys out there please you know check him out um you know any recommendations anyone that you think could benefit from it you know most most definitely hit him up or you can hit us up at the stakes is high um uh email address and everything like that and you know we'll 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 most definitely get you connected with jeff so man i appreciate it bro oh yeah 
This is I cool, appreciate man. it. Yeah, good talk. This is good, yeah, good information, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. So, uh, TC, where can they find us again before we go? At Texas High Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Old episodes. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Any questions, comments, or concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, hit us at Jeep, or excuse me, at Texas High Pod at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Thanks again, bro. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Stakes is high podcast. Peace. Yep.